Hey guys, welcome to the Tom Ward Show where we interview the biggest creators in the world. And today we've got 24K Golden, a rapper, singer, songwriter, and entrepreneur. That's a damn, what an introduction, huh? You are all those things, really. That is true. <laughs> I saw your, uh, your tweet yesterday about your high school quote. Mm. And I was like, if you guys didn't see it, you know, usually you put a quote in, something inspirational, you give shout outs to your friends or something. Not this guy. He put a SoundCloud link as his quote. And I just, have you always had that hustle? Like, I mean, promo, I'm, I'm a big promo guy. Like back in the day, I was very heavily self-promoting. So I was like, I had stickers. I would, I, I had kids running around like tagging shit up with my SoundCloud link uh, in the city. So for me, I was like, all right, damn near everybody's going to buy this yearbook. <laughs> so if you go through all the pages and you see my SoundCloud link there, then you might check it out, you know? Potential and, listeners. Exactly. And I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah. yeah. You, you're doing okay. I, I think it was the only reason why is because I put my SoundCloud link in my yearbook. I think that was a, <laughs> a spark for my career. How long did it take to grow on SoundCloud? What was your, like, um trajectory? I mean, I was never, like, a huge SoundCloud rapper. It kind yeah. of just went everywhere at the same time, like, I definitely had a, a sizable following once I figured out how to market on mm -hmm. there, but it was, it was, I had songs doing like 100K, 200K eventually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I remember my first song that like kind of went up on SoundCloud was a song called Plug Line. Mm -hmm. And I made it over like this YouTube beat. And at that point, my biggest song probably had like 7,000 or 10,000 uh, plays on SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. But this one got like 35,000 in a month. Damn. And I was like tripping out like, <laughs> Why is this happening? I don't know, but this is fire. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. That's badass. You know, it kind of, it took like Trippy Red and kind of those guys to come out to kind of give it cred. But yeah. for a while, SoundCloud rappers were looked at like, the pecking order was way down here. Jokes, yeah. They were almost jokes, and that kind of came up. But what's, you, you blew up on TikTok. Yeah. You don't want to be known as a TikTok rapper, I'm guessing. Like, or is that down on the pecking order too? I think it's just mm -hmm. like, it, it's weird for me because even when it was just SoundCloud rappers, it's like, well, what other type of rappers are there? It's not like Bandcamp. It's like rappers yeah. or YouTube rappers. It was just, this is the platform that everyone is putting their music on. So some music is going to be good. Some music is going to be bad. It's just like, I've always been a, a it's, it's the quality of what you're putting out there, not, not where you're putting it out. So for me, you could call me, I've been a SoundCloud rapper before. I've been a TikTok rapper I'm on YouTube. I'm a YouTube rapper. I'm a Spotify rapper now. So it's like, whatever you want to call it, I don't really care at this point. I just care if you like the music. Hell yeah. You know, it's so interesting to see the way TikTok, I mean, you blew up on there and you probably always talk about that shit, right? Yeah. But I saw another quote or another tweet you said, or maybe it was an Instagram post where you're like, you have a song Prada? Yeah. He's like, Prada, the record company's going to let me release Prada if I get, you know, oh, if it blows, yeah. up, blows up on TikTok. Is yeah. that how, is that how it is though? To a certain extent, I mean, release dates are always determined with a, a, a multi, like a, a variety of factors. Mm -hmm. But if your song is going crazy on TikTok before, then the label starts to give a fuck more than if it was just like a scheduled release. Like when they see, Labels are always very data-driven and numbers-driven. Sure, of course. So if they see, oh, there's interest in this, let's put, let's, you know, let's, let's give it a push when it comes out versus, yeah. like, if you just put it out and then they're waiting to see if it does something. But it might not do something for a long time because not enough people heard it because it didn't get that push in the beginning. Yeah. So, it's all the algorithm and all that you got to fight. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's wild because you've got that big TikTok following. 
I wonder if it's like Kevin Hart, it was so cool. I heard him talk about it because he has a big social media following. And he was doing a movie, and they're like, okay, Kevin, so I need you to post three times a day here on Instagram. I need you to do this. And he's like, oh, time out. You, got Kev- you signed Kevin Hart, the actor. Yeah. If you want the influencer Kevin Hart, that's an additional fee. Yeah. That's not part of the deal. And, and I do feel him. At, do you feel kind of what he's saying? A, a thousand percent, because I'd be like, like I, the, the label, they're like, they want you to post like every day with a song before it comes out for months, theoretically, you know, that's, that's their ideal rollout plan is <laughs> just milking artists, social media accounts. And I'm like, well, then what do you guys do? You know, what do we need? But you guys it's for? a, yeah. it's a, it's a give and take thing. Cause if, if it works great, but if it doesn't, then it just feels like a waste of time. And you're kind of like forcing content that might not even like, like, I might not even give a fuck. I'm just doing it to. That sucks. Yeah, but with with this rollout, like, and just everything I've been doing in general lately, I've just been letting it flow more organically. Like, if I do, I do I have something funny that I could do with this? Yeah. Okay. If not, no worries. It's a good song. I think it's gonna do what it's supposed to do, anyways. You nailed it. I saw your post today. Like, I don't know if it's still up. You're shirtless. You go feeling kind of cute. Oh yeah. Might yeah. take down. Yeah. Like that's a funny post. I'm, like you were just fucking around <laughs> like no no manager told you okay do this and post this at 405 today you're gonna get the most engagement yeah it wasn't it's not like that and I, I feel like when I first joined the industry there was I was listening to those kind of things a lot more from you know label or PR or whatever like but the thing is they're not concerned about what's best for you as an artist they're concerned about what's best for their company you know so it's like if if it in the they have 10 artists that they sign you know so if all 10 artists do this thing and it works for one of them, great. That makes enough money to cover yep. the rest of it. But it's like, what about the nine other artists who are sabotaging their authenticity yeah. by by trying to play these characters or play Fuck this em. game? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly, you know? So that's kind of what I've been on lately. Just like, if I'm feeling it, I'm going to do it. If yeah. I'm not, I'm not. I think that's, I mean, just as, as somebody who consumes social media, right? You can tell when it's a planned post or the studio is telling them to do this at a certain time. Or hop on this trend. The cringiest thing yeah. is when you see grown ass traditional celebrities doing a TikTok trend. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, somebody's telling you, like, you need to focus on TikTok and you need to grow your following there. It's like, dude, it's, it's a game kind of now. Yeah. And it's like, if you're, if it's some people, it's like, it's funny and like, like, yeah. I like to see The Rock do some dumb shit, but that's like, He's the best. Yeah. That's cause I just think it, every situation is different and you can't just, a lot of these people be trying to apply a blanket solutions to growth and engagement and stuff like that where it's really all it comes down to at the end of the day is are the people that seeing this forming a connection with you based off of what you're putting out into the world yes or no if not you need to switch it up a hundred percent you know it's funny i covered a lot of tiktokers last year because they all blew up and i was at the hype house last like january just as they're all addison was just starting to pop chasing all those kids and we're we're, i'm interviewing them and i'm like it, it, it occurred to me like captain obvious i'm like wait a minute if I'm an artist, like, I would love for you to dance to my song. And I go, do they do that? He goes, yeah, but we caught on real quick. Before we were, like, in, like, Starstruck, like, wow, so-and-so wants to hang out with us. Yeah. But he's just using us for our following, so now yeah. we've charged for that. I mean, yo. So, like, talk I, about the business of things. How I, does it work? I, I get both sides of it because I've definitely been the guy finding TikTokers early on uh, and, you know, paying them to, to do stuff to my song, you know, if they want to do it for free and you they want to pay per- like out of your personal, I mean, now like there's budgets and stuff oh, for yeah. that, but I mean, even to, yeah, still to this day, I'll, I'll pay somebody 
straight up off of my personal PayPal account to do some shit because it's that's like badass. It's it's just that's the if, that's if, the hustle. Yeah, like if you if you are gonna be the perfect person to do this and you're gonna make money off of it and my song is gonna do well, that's a that's a win win situation. So I'm not really mad at that. Absolutely, I think in business, like the best deals aren't when like somebody gets a great deal and the other one gets fucked. It's those mutually beneficial ones. Yeah. And I think you can have that in anything, whether you're a fucking shoe store or you're a TikToker. Like, I think that's a good way to conduct yourself in the world. A, a thousand percent, because you keep fucking people over, eventually no one's going to want to do business with you. It's like, yep. I'd much rather build relationships with people that I think they got something cool going on. They got something that's, you know, helpful to what I'm doing and I can help them too. you know, reach their financial goals or come to a show and give a cool experience to their brother or sister, or their daughter or son, you know? Yeah. Speaking of cool experiences too, um, talk about charity to kind of switch it up. I thought, I mean, you got a cool vibe. Yeah. I mean, not just musically, but kind of what you're putting out there. And if I'm, how old are you? I'm 20. See, if when I was 20, I wasn't thinking about charity or nothing, right? I, my brain was on a whole nother wavelength, <laughs> You was right? chasing girls yeah, and, party, and wearing if your fake ID was going to work yeah, that night fuck, at the bar. Yeah, yeah. You know? I feel that too. <laughs> yeah. but, but to focus on charity or kind of make that, hey, that's something I got to make a priority to talk about that. I but. mean, I don't want to act like I'm out there, you know, doing it every single week or something like that. Sure. But charity has always played, uh, had, a, had, a, had a piece of my heart because I'm somebody that benefited from scholarships from back to school giveaways from free programs and, and, and charitable stuff like that so f- from where i'm from it only makes sense to to give back and it's you're right i am 20 i am young and it's the start That's of cool. these things yeah. but i felt like i was doing it way too late anyways like i felt like i should have been doing it earlier but i just didn't have the time or resources to do it so now that i did my first charity event it's just like all right, what can we do next year to take this to the next level? Like, I want to have carnival games and inflatable jumpies yeah. and, like, eight food trucks Hell to, like, yeah. make it, like, a fair yeah. with a charity component as part of it. But just a cool experience that people will remember, too. Or so you did, like, a back-to-school thing in Oakland, just so people probably don't know. Yeah. And you got some cool sponsors together. So, basically, was it, was it, like, a care package for kids? Like, you get shoes and you get this and that? Basically, yeah. So, I teamed up with Project Level, which is, a, a, like, a youth you know, program mm-hmm. in San Francisco that I, I went to when I was like a teenager and uh, they helped me set it all up. And we did two events, one in San Francisco, one in Oakland and um, like so many different corporations and like sports teams, various sports teams donated. And I put some of my own money in to make sure like every kid could get shoes. So you got shoes, you got like Volcom backpacks, socks, you know, Starface skincare, we raffled off some like legendary warriors, uh, like Steph Curry signed ball, basketball and stuff like that. So I don't know, just like looking at those kids, like how happy they left, that really warms your heart. Dude, that's something that really matters because I remember when I was a kid, when you got a fresh pair of new sneakers, it's probably still the same way now. For a kid, that's like getting a new car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to check it out if they're cool, it's evolved. Like, that's something that makes a difference in a kid's life to put on a fresh pair of shoes b- before the school year. Yeah. And like, me, I'm, I, I love fashion. I'm a huge sneakerhead. So I know, I knew how much confidence I got when I walked into school with 100%. a fresh, clean pair of shoes. Like, it don't even got to be the craziest shoes, no. but just to have a brand new, clean, stylish pair of shoes can really make the difference between dreading starting school yep. and like being excited to start school. So 
I know everyone, there's like a lot of programs that give out school supplies and backpacks yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So I was like, let me take it from a different angle because if we're being honest, no kid is going to be like, oh my God, I got a, a pencil and an eraser. Like, this is sick. They don't give a fuck about that shit. Like, they want the drip, the shoes? swag. Exactly. So I'm like, all right, other people got the, the necessities mm-hmm. down. Let me give them some like the things that the they want. Stuff. Yeah, the wants. The yeah, wants. you're like the cool uncle. Exactly. I'm going to give you guys the cool shit. Mom I'm, and dad will worry about the pencils and the notebooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the cool uncle of the bay. I'll take that. That's very cool. And you were like, as a kid, you mentioned being in youth programs, you were kind of a different kid in like in fifth grade, you were trading stocks. Like, yeah. Normal fifth graders kind of aren't into that. So yeah. how did you even get down that path? So I, when I was, when I was younger, I would do commercials and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I wasn't making crazy money, but if you're in elementary school, middle school, and you're getting a $10,000 check, that's basically like getting a hundred thousand dollars for an adult, you know, cause I don't got no expenses. I just fucking play video games and like yeah. buy sneakers and go eat, like drink boba after school. So <laughs> my dad, uh, he, he had a friend that was making money off like stock market, like just like some, some dude he knew from work and stuff like that. And, uh, that got him interested in it. So he started doing a bunch of research and it's not like we came from a lot of money, but yo, if you got $10,000 saved up $5,000 here or there, you can grow that money into something substantial. Mm-hmm. So, um, after my dad had like learned about that stuff, he was like, all right, well, I want to put you onto that too. So you can have money for college, money for your future, you know, money for your, your kids college. And, um, I just remember it started off like buying Apple stock and stuff like that in like Damn. 2010, 2011. You still got it? Um, I probably some of it actually. Yeah, I do. Nice. But one of my like major like trading first memories of stock trading was I bought Apple so low and uh, I think it got up to like 900 at some point before it did a, a split, you okay. know, split yeah. seven ways. It got to 900 and we could have sold it there, but it was just like being greedy and, and not even being greedy, but just, you know, maybe being a little greedy yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and thinking like, oh, it's just going to go up forever. And then it like crashed down very <laughs> bad in the next months after it. And just like that taught me patience though, because I didn't sell it at the bottom in panic. It was just like, all right, just ride it out. Then it split and then it went back up. And then I ended up making even more money than if I had sold it at that peak, that previous peak before. That's cool. Like a lot of like influencers and stuff now are into, it's pretty neat to kind of see the progression from used to be, Hey, give me 10 grand for a bang energy post on Instagram, you know, kind of started out as that kind of thing. Then it's like, I want to own my own energy drink and promote that Yeah. to, I want to like have a VC fund where I own a bunch of startups yeah. and like hopefully one hits big. I feel like that's what like Josh Richards is on right I, now. Yeah, big time. he's big time on that. And, and that's, that's really cool for me to watch too, because we're both in the entertainment industry, but we're in different spheres and we both got that sense of being very business minded. Right. So I could definitely see myself, you know, taking a similar route and starting my own fund where I can get young athletes and young artists and young influencers like a way to to grow their money because I see so many dudes sign a deal and just go and blow blow the bag on on chains and, <laughs> and cars and stuff and I'm like, bro, you, you know so, you still gotta pay taxes at the end of the year, so right? Taxes, what taxes? Yeah, and, and, no one thinks about that. I know I mean, trust me, I didn't think about that until I saw my fucking tax return and I'm like, <laughs> Are you serious right now? Like Oh, I wish I lived in gotta, Vegas sometimes. Yeah, you gotta set some aside for that. Exactly. But if I could if I could have a way where I can like 
Like, because I've already gotten my credibility in music that, yo, I know what I'm doing here. So I must be at least semi-competent in other things too. <laughs> yeah. Once, once I think I have a little more experience and have proven myself a little more in the business world, I want to be that figure to young and upcoming artists. It's like, yo, you just got a million dollar check. Give me $50,000, give me $100,000. And five years from now, you're going to be very glad that you did. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And I interviewed Josh twice about that. He's got a good management team around him too. Do you have like a good kind of team around you? Did you build a good crew over the you know last couple of years? thousand percent. You know, It's all I, about a good team. You can't do this shit alone, bro. You really can't do this shit alone. There's so many moving parts and places and feelings and people that want you to do things like if you don't have a good team it's it's like a foundation if you're building don't have a fa- strong foundation any small disturbance and everything is going to crumble oh no doubt i like too your story i like you you've got a good message too because if people don't know he went to usc he's told the story a million times so we don't have to get into it but he went to usc on a business scholarship right yeah. dropped out after a semester yeah but you had did you have the deal first before you dropped out or like... Oh, yeah, yeah. I waited until I got the deal before dropping out because that was like... I felt like I couldn't drop out on the basis of like, I hope this works out. Like, I need to stick with this and pursue my, my passion, my real true passion on yeah. the side, mm-hmm. like par- at parallel until I got something I can grasp that says, okay, this might work out, not yeah. just it's going to work out because I think it's going to work out. I think that's good advice too because you see a lot of people... You know, you got to quit your job and focus on your passion 100 times. And I'm like, when I see shit like that, I'm like, fuck no. Yeah. I'm like, keep your job. Keep staying at school. Yeah. Until you got some money coming in. Like, there was a video that went viral recently of this dude that had walked up on, like, Logan or Jake Paul, snuck behind stage. And he's like, bro, I quit my 100K a year job. And he was, like, crying. And he's like, I want to work for you. And it's like, bro, you're not, you're not just going to get those type of you – can't, you can't have the expectation that yeah. – Everything is going to work out for you. Like, so dumb. Realistically, more times than not, shit is not going to work out. You're just going to have to, you know, keep your head down, keep your spirits up, and just grind and just work through it. And eventually it'll work out. That is a good message. Do you, speaking of grinding, like, you kind of had that hustle. Say you didn't, say you kind of just were, you know, a regional SoundCloud rapper and kind of had your following, never got that big signing. So you had to continue through USC. Yeah. Do you think you'd have success in another area? I think, Big success in another area? You I think, think you just have that? Wh- whatever I want to be successful in, I will be. It's just a matter of time. Where do you get that from? Um, <laughs> I, I call it uh, uh, I mean, unreasonable confidence. <laughs> <laughs> where, yeah. like, where does that come from? Because a lot of shit has worked out for me that beat, like, I beat the odds on so many different... But in the beginning, you don't know that. In the beginning, you're just like, fuck, I hope it works, but... In, in the be- in the beginning, I was just a cocky little motherfucker. Like, yeah. I remember my my homie in high school. He had uh, came back and visited me a while ago, and I asked him like, "What do you think is the biggest way I changed from high school?" And he was like, he thought about it for a second, you know, and he was like, "Honestly, Golden, like, it's kind of weird because you were always this confident, but it <laughs> didn't really make sense back then, and now I guess it makes sense." So I'm like, "All right, cool. That's I, I guess you just got to believe in yourself." Yeah, that's what it is. Is that the message for? Because a lot of people, a lot of young creators, watch this, and you know everybody wants to be an influencer now. Even though you're an artist, but you're kind of an influencer too. Yeah. But like, it's the same thing being an artist or trying to break it on YouTube or something. Like, how do you believe in yourself if somebody's so scared to make that first post or make that first video? You know, you got that voice going. Don't do it. Don't do it. Your friends are gonna gonna laugh at you. you. Yeah. And I mean, trust me, I've been laughed at by friends like. 
when I put my SoundCloud link in, in the fucking as my senior quote in the yearbook, kids are like, "Oh yeah, right. You're gonna look back at this and feel so dumb or whatever." Yeah, like, yeah. I've had kids tell me like, "Yo, you got into a good school. Maybe you should stick with business and don't don't worry about the music thing." Yeah. And I'm I'm not gonna sit in here and act like. I never doubted myself or I never had those lapses of confidence. But I think a big part of it is who you surround yourself with. You know, my parents always uplifted me and motivated me. That's something that not everybody's family dynamic is like. I'm very blessed in that sense. I had a big bro, a mentor, a big homie, paper boy, who taught me that, hey, dreams are for believers. And if you really want something, you can go and get it by showing me how he chased his dream. You know, my friends, they would come to the concerts when it was 20 people in the crowd and pretend like they, they didn't know me and that I was the, the illest fucking rapper alive, you know? And that's, it's, it's the people you surround yourself, really, the team, like we talked about. Oh, yeah. How's your, sta- how's your stage presence? Like, how is it now? I mean, are you, are you going on any big tours coming up or COVID so, fucking up? And, I mean, we good. Fingers okay. crossed. We good, good right now. now. Oh, okay. I just did two festivals last weekend. Oh, nice. Uh, How'd they go? Really, really good. Because nice. for me... My thing was all my touring experience prior to the last couple months had been opening up for somebody else, right? Sure. I opened up for Landing Cube in 2019. I opened up for YBN Corday in uh, oh, nice. Corday in 2020. And when you're doing that, it's kind of a different mindset because I felt like none of these people know my music. None of these people like me. Or so even want to see you. Yeah, they, they, they would give, get to the artist. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and there would be there was some people at every show that came to see me, which meant a lot sure but it was like i felt like i had to prove something and i had to like go over the top rather than just sharing my music with the world and people liked the energy you know i was just on some rage shit but it was killing my voice it was killing my body every day it was killing my mental so with these new performances and my last performances i've learned that i could just go out there and do me but not have to try to get people to like me or try to prove anything like me going out there singing my songs and move my body in a way that that's how I feel. That's cool. That's what people fuck with. You know, you're people, I guess it's our nature to put people in categories. Like, what are you? You're a TikTok rapper, right? Yeah. Well, Well, no, let's go deeper, right? (laughs) What are you? You're a rapper, but you got some rock stuff going on. You've got a diverse musical taste, right? Your parents put you on fucking Miles Davis, Larno, Outkast, you know, the classics like out there. So you've got, Artists don't listen to the same music that most people listen to. I don't think they got to, they go deep. Yeah. They go into artists nobody's heard of and kind of investigate that kind of stuff. So you've got, you've delved into rock stuff. You know, you're a hip hop guy. You sing. So you're kind of like that R and B singer kind of thing. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Or do, are you, or do you look at yourself like I'm a rapper first and all the other stuff's kind of whatever? I mean, it just, it depends what mood I'm in, in on a day, you know, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can never say that word no more. Um, but it's like, yo, some days I go in the studio and I feel like rapping. Some days I go in the studio and I feel like singing. And I think that being an artist is, artists are human beings too, you know? And you would never expect a human to be the same exact version of themselves every single day, right? No. We go through new experiences. We we learn things. We fail. We meet new people. We go to new places and all these we, we deal with certain emotions and all these things add up to being who you are in this very moment. That's the same for music. You know, I listen to all these things. I go through all these experiences that my music is not going to come out the same exact way every single time. Mm-hmm. Some people try purposely because 
it's not like there aren't artists who have the same sound every time. Sure. But I feel like that's them kind of being uh, afraid to, to fail or afraid to explore, afraid to experiment. Me, I'm trying to make a new sounding song every single time. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, you had a number one song worldwide. I looked like 1.2 billion streams on Spotify. Something like that, yeah. Which is ridiculous. Like, is there pressure to, I, can I do that again? I don't know. I mean, I want a number one hit again. Whatever happened, you know, can I follow that up? Does all that go through your mind or you just kind of go, I'm just trying to create a good song? It, it's weird because I've, I've been on both sides of that. You know, when it first happened, I felt like, oh shit, if I don't, go number one again or my next song goes on the billboard or my album is in a number one album, then I'm a failure and I've fallen off and all these kind of self-deprecating negative thoughts, right? Of course, yeah. But then I realized, like, I wasn't even, I didn't even, it doesn't even make sense for me to have a number one record that early. Like, that was a blessing, bro. Like, yeah. a song that I made with my homies in their apartment in the start of a global pandemic where we were playing Call of Duty and I just started singing some random shit and that ends up being a number one song. Like, you can't predict those type of things. But what that showed me and my understanding of that experience now is that I'm capable of making music that is good enough that the whole world wants to hear it. Not just once, not just twice, but over and over and over again yeah. so that I'm at the number one for eight weeks. Yep. That, that, if I could do it once, I could do it twice, you know? That's the right attitude, you know? Who do you look up to? You look at guys like Drake who just have done it over and over again for a long period of time. Kanye. Like, who do you, who do you look to? Like, who are your guys? Drake, Kanye. Um, as of lately, uh, Tyler, you know. His I, last album was so good. And the one yeah. before, too, with he, the pink cover, whatever he, that he's was. He's been on a, on a streak. And I was yep. listening to Tyler when I was in sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. But it was just on some, it was like on some out of future, yeah, like yeah, I was just gonna edgy say, yeah. type of shit, you know. Out there. But. Even then, he was so true to himself and true to his vision and willing to just not give a fuck what people thought about him, you know? So for him to progress all the way to now and have such, like, a consistent slope, mm-hmm. like, that's fire to me. Like, with my and cr- it was slow. It was gradual. It was very gradual, yeah. And now he feels like he's the biggest niche artist in the world. So Probably is. Yeah, like like, for me, I feel like, Earlier, I was chasing commercial success because of insecurity, really, because I didn't have a cosign from a major rapper. I didn't have my whole city or state behind my back. I didn't have a cult fan base already. So it was like, well, fuck fuck all y'all. I'm going to show you that I can make music that's bigger and therefore better than all you guys because my songs are going to be the biggest. So I was really just focused on trying to make the biggest songs possible rather than what am I trying to share with the world? So I feel like now I I respect and I admire and I value the artistry of being an artist a lot more than just a commercial success. You see your sound changing. I mean, do you look like a Tyler and you go odd future to kind of where he's at now? I told you, don't sleep on a 40-year-old yeah. white guy. I, mean, I know Tyler, the creator. He knows but, his stuff. Yeah. But the way he's kind of transitioned over the years, do you see your sound and do you hope to do that too someday? Kind of transition to different. A thousand vibes? percent, and I think that's that's kind of happening already. If you listen to, you know, my first EP dropped out of college to my album now, there's a very noticeable difference in sonics, in lyrical quality, in song structure. That, in, in my opinion, I at least think I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, so what I really what I really want to do with this next music is explore new sounds, new vibes, and get more 
personal with my lyrics. I feel like the melodies, you can't, the melodies are undeniable. Wait, so I want to ask you that. I forgot yeah. to ask. So on your smash hit, right? Yeah. The guitar hook is kind of what drives it. Where does that come from? Like, what's the process? How does that even? So on that particular situation, yeah. it was very random. Okay. Um, a good friend of mine, Omer Fetty, he super talented producer was me, uh, Omer, Ian Dior, and KBZ. Okay. Uh, who's also a very really talented producer. He did all the drums on there, and we were chilling at Ian's house oh, and halftime too. Slash Ryan, who recorded the song on a rough ass mic, like <laughs> ratchet setup. It was it was not a bad setup, but. Uh, we were playing Call of Duty, me and Ian, and Omer just starts playing the guitar. Oh, that was him? Yeah, that was oh, like wow. in the background, and I just start singing along to it without even really thinking about it. So he 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 masterminded that sound of the guitar and that that kind of nostalgic riff. That's cool, and you're right about the melodies, undeniable. I I'm interested in people artists' process too. So you keep voice memos on your phone, right? You think of something and you just do it. But where does the hook, where does the melody come from and the instrumentation or like, I want a guitar here. Like, how does that happen from a little voice track to the beat? Like, how does that happen? I mean, it's, that's the beauty of making collaborative music. You know, I don't know how to do everything. Yeah. I, if you put me in front of a, a FL, uh, a FL session, I, I can't make a beat for shit, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have no idea what I'm doing there. But that's when, not your job. Exactly. That's not my job. My job is to, to share my truths, my stories, tell stories, give perspective on life, and have fire melodies, you know? So for me, I like to start with a, a loop or a beat already. A loop okay. is just a instrumentation with no drums on it. Okay. And I'll just go whatever I'm feeling. Like, it's, it's so hard to describe and it's so weird because you don't think of melodies, you feel them. It's like, it comes from this like other world that you can't see and it just, pops in your head and comes out your mouth like it's it's weird no it's like i'm a big music nut and they all talk about that like the great songwriters whether it's a jay-z or a mccartney lennon from the beatles right they it just kind of happens you can't force the idea it just kind of comes from, it just comes to you comes you know you. from god from the universe yeah. whatever you want to call it but it's like you're not doing that yourself consciously sure. it's like a it's just there. Collective not... conscious. We, I don't know, whatever it is, but it comes from somewhere else for sure. Did you ever see that Jay-Z documentary, Fade to Black? You ever watch mm. that? It's cool. It's him. It's Kanye when he was a producer at Rockefeller, and you, Jay-Z's recording whatever album it was, and Kanye's playing the beats, and Jay-Z's talking shit like, that beat sucks. You're yeah. the worst fucking producer ever. You got anything good? But then Kanye <laughs> plays Lucifer, the beat from that. Yeah. And then Jay-Z stands up and starts, like, waving his hat and, like, dancing around. Yeah. And, like... That, you feel it, right? That's yeah. the one. Is that kind of how it feels? Yeah, it's like something clicks in your head. That's and you cool. Just, you just know this is the one. Nice. Like all my biggest songs, mood I knew was going to be big. I didn't know it was going to be that big. Sure. But when you make a good song, you can no. feel it. And I think part of getting your your, your radar to, to knowing what songs are the good ones is being honest with yourself when you make some mid shit. You know, like I could leave the studio and be like, that was mid, but you know. We'll try next time. No one's going to really hear that unless I want them to. So I don't feel too bad about it. Nice. So what do you got coming up? Oh, people want to know, do you have a deluxe edition of El Dorado coming up? No, I said I was going to have it at yeah, first. And then I kind of just decided, like, uh, I don't want to do a deluxe. I'd rather just make new music that's not necessarily tied into anything and just, like, just put it out there. Like, I feel like this whole trend of doing deluxes is more of a 
sales-based thing than an artistry-based thing. Yeah, just to get more streams. And- yeah, because cause then, then you'll, you'll um, when you drop the deluxe, it still counts. All those streams count as towards the original album still. So, so you'll, it's like basically adding on 10 songs that all those streams count plus whatever you had on the original album. So it's just like a tricky way of having really long albums. Uh, okay. What, are you going to like release it in dribbles, your next stuff, like single, 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 or are you going to like hold it back and do a proper album? Like what's, what's the game plan? Um, I'm still figuring that out myself. Uh, I know that I want to put more stuff out there, but part of that is just cause I feel like it's like another like insecurity. Like if you're not putting stuff out there, does anyone still care? You yep. know, but I, the people that care are going to care. Yep. And it's not like anyone's really checking like golden hasn't dropped in 78 days. Yeah, like, sure. what's, what's going on? It's like when I drop the people that give a fuck are going to be there to give a fuck still. Yep. And that's all that, that's all there's to it. That does take confidence. Cause especially now on social media and stuff, it's instant gratification. And that was always what I thought would be frustrating if I was an artist. Like, Okay, I'm in the studio. I just make something that's fucking incredible. Yeah. But now I wait eight months till it gets released, right? Like, no one, I don't get the experience, like, people getting excited about it for eight months. Yeah. And by then, I'm already my, on something You else. already listened to that shit a hundred times, times in your car. And, and you got to perform it now. And it's like, if, <laughs> if for me, honestly, though, like, performing it or having a song blow up or, like, those two things actually brings it back to life for me where I don't get tired. It's just like, listening to it in the car or something like that or like yeah that we have to it's like this is old to me yeah but the performing and the having a song blow up that gives it like a new angle like a new perspective to that song so what else man we talked about music we talked about charity yeah we talked a little bit about business you got any more business plans coming up yeah i've been doing a a lot of investing lately what are you into Um, crypto and nfts so yeah i'm into crypto uh I mean, everything finally bounced back, which is fire, you know. I know yesterday Bitcoin dipped. <laughs> It'll be back. I know. We're, we're, we're going to be at 100K sooner than anyone thinks. That's nice. it. So I'm, I'm just rocking with that. Um, but also I've been investing in, like, different startup consumer products brands. Like cool. uh, Poppy is this prebiotic, probiotic, whatever apple cider vinegar is. Yeah. I, always, if, pre, I don't know if it's pre or pro. I always forget. Okay. But they, they made the soda, which is, like, five calories and tastes like good soda oh, but it's nice. good for your gut health too and it's just been like exploding flying off the shelves whole foods air one like no Trader Joe's, target all these things so i got in really early and now they're like 20x or something like that looking into the next round how cool is that so i'm excited about that um starface the skincare what's that company they make these little stickers that you put on your face okay uh for pimples oh, okay. but it's like a star so it looks kind of cool and not like overly medical you know <laughs> so those are the two that i'm probably most excited about right now i'll just talk real quick about how deal flow works right because us watching this right we're regular people people don't bring us deals in you know apple cider soda but how does it work do you do do people come to your manager and you kind of sit down once a month and go does he go hey what do you think about these 10 things like how does it work i mean in, in my case um my my managers on electric field they have like a fund and stuff like that and they're in that world so Whenever there's something that they feel like is interesting or that I'd be interested, they'll bring it up to me and say, hey, check this out. Here's the deck. Here's the team. This is why we're investing in it. Do you want to invest in it too? And that's kind of just a a perk of being with them for management. Nice. But I didn't even know what deal flow was until like a year ago. But I heard Kevin Garnett or 
um, Kevin Durant's manager talk about it. Yeah. Before that, I didn't know. He's way into tech and startups. Oh, he's killing it. Especially being in the Bay and in that Silicon Valley, like, there's so much potential to, to get involved in those things there, which I was like, ah, if I was still living there, I'd probably be doing a lot of that stuff too. But um, deal flow, for those out there that don't know what it is, is basically just how many deals or opportunities to invest come across your table. So mine was zero until <laughs> <laughs> until I blew up okay. and then, yeah, you know. Now I'm, you got a deal flow. Exactly, yeah. That, that is pretty cool. That's a benefit. And if you work it right, mm-hmm. like Josh Richards and these guys, you go, they're really getting set up because they know, especially in the TikTok world, who the fuck knows where I'll be in a year? I could be canceled. Who yeah. the fuck knows what happens? But I got this other, these other revenue streams is going to keep me going. Yeah, I think, you know, especially with influencers, it's so fickle because it's like very algorithmic based, you know, on if you're popping this week or not. Yep. And like you have to keep uploading content and feeding the machine versus like an artist is also very fickle, but I think it's more, your career is a little bit more in your hands because it's based off of the quality of what you produce and how you, what, what, how you put it out there basically. True. Right. So for me, it's just like, I, I love being an artist, but you're not going to become a billionaire just off of music alone. And I'm trying to make sure my kids, 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 kids is good. You generational know? wealth. Exactly. Generational okay. wealth. So, this was a cool way for me to, you know, get into something that I genuinely already have an interest in, business, investing, you know, brands. And um, I can leverage my, my position as an artist to, to get the most I can out of that. That's cool. I just interviewed an influencer uh, two weeks ago, and she was saying the average millionaire has seven um, revenue streams. Yeah. And she had four, and she was like – dying to get like the next three she's like i'm doing this project and i'm doing this one too like is that how you look at it too like i want to get i want to get some things going yeah and i've heard that so many times but but i feel like what the way i interpreted it was you like oh if you don't have seven right now you need to get seven like asap yeah but it's kind of that. a better approach to do like one like take it step Quality. by step yeah making sure that you know is this what i even really want to be doing is this causing me more of a headache like would I rather have the free time than working on some side project you know like at the end of the day happiness over money but once you get to like like it takes a certain level of money I think before you're like happiness before I, I yeah, was like, I like once you get 70 I remember this statistic was like once you make past $70,000 like you, your rate of happiness that you get from the amount of money like decreases so like more money doesn't make you as happy, basically. Sure. I, yeah, I believe that makes sense, right? 70 grand, you got your bills paid, maybe you got a, you know, a couple cars. A mortgage. Yeah, you can live You're comfortably. Good. You, yeah. can, you don't have to stress going out to dinner. You yeah. Know? But yeah, that's cool. All right, brother. I think we talked about everything. That was good. So, I enjoyed talking with you. I enjoyed talking with you. You want to do some fan questions? See how yeah, let's You got time or you yeah. got, nah, you got nah, jewelry got stops to me? See. <laughs> what time is it? No, nah, we got time. We got time? Yeah. All right. Damn, how many texts did you get? A lot. How many texts you get in a day? How many unread texts you got? I had to start clearing it out because it was giving me anxiety. Right now, I have 658 unread texts. Holy fuck, dude. Yeah. yeah I, that would stress me out. Yeah, but that's You learn to live with it. Yeah, this yeah. is the this is how, how you live, right? Exactly, yeah. Well, for you guys watching on YouTube, thank you so much for watching the video. Make sure you subscribe. I got great interviews coming up every Thursday at 10 a.m. Thanks, guys. Let's see how this works. Let's see. Yeah.
Let's see. Hey guys, if you want to ask them a question, we're going to ask some fan questions now. So raise your hand and I don't know. Let's see how this works. I'll bring you up on stage. Any requests? There we go. All right, London, you're up there. Let's see if we can hear you. So it's London's first time on Green Room. Oh, so yeah. She may be a little. Okay. That's cool. He's a nice guy. Um, so should I just ask a question? Sure. Yo, what's going on? Hi. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so do I get like a certain amount of questions or something? Just ask one, just so other people can ask. Okay. Um, are you ever going to do a collab with TJ again? Because I really like the remix with the Valentino remix. Oh, with Lil TJ? Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely open to it. Uh, we've been supposed to get in the studio a couple of times, but, you know, we we both be really busy. But every time I see him, it's a good vibe. So I'm definitely down. Yeah, I'd really like to see you two collab again. All right, I'll keep that in mind. Thank you, London. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, London. <laughs> She's not going to sleep for the next 48 hours because you said her. <laughs> That's cool. Pardon? <laughs> All right, who else? Um, I know that uh, I think it's Mirren had some really dope questions um, that she had in the chat. So she's willing to come up. And I know that Akila sent some awesome questions as well. All right. I brought you guys up here. You, If you accept, you can be up here. Mirren, I see you. You want to... You want to ask a question? Uh, my name is Marin. Oh, sorry. No, you're I'm good. Sorry, you're good. My my parents gave me like two first names, so <laughs> it's like Meherin or Marin. So whatever. I'm gonna go Meherin. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, I I don't remember. I asked you, what's your favorite cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Good call. <laughs> okay. Um, how long, how long did it take you to write, create, and produce your music? Like a song or an album or what? Um, so I think I asked like every song, is every song a different timeline? Or like every, every song album? is like, it's, it's different. It's like, like every song is like a different project. Like some songs, you know, can be written and completed and one day and other songs will be like months of trying to figure it out. So everything is different. It's like a custom tailored experience. Do you use your personal? Oh, so I'm so sorry. I asked like five questions. No, no, that's okay. I want to have somebody else ask questions if that's okay. Yeah, you're good. Bye. Just so we can get the people, but thank you so much for coming up and listening too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to butcher the name. Akila, I'm sorry if I didn't get that right. Do you want to, you want to ask a question? Yeah, you got it right. Um, hey, Golden, I run, I run the 24K Golden Simp account. I just wanted to know, um, do we have an official drop date for Prada? Um, no. Okay. He knows, he knows something. I saw that look. I don't want to make any promises I can't keep. All right. Okay. 
I love you. Love you too. Oh, that's sweet. We got time for like you want one more. Um, I know that uh, Mehreen had asked if uh, 24K was willing to freestyle on the spot for everybody who's listening in right now. Can you just do that? It's a no for me, dog. That's a no? <laughs> nope. Yeah, no. Yeah, because that's kind of, then it gets out there. This is recorded too. What if it's not great? I get it. So, it's anybody art. else? One more. Can art be bad? Nope, but. Sometimes it can. <laughs> we respect that, but hey, folks asked. I had to put it out there. You know, I ain't mad at that. Well, thank you, 24K Golden. This was fun. Thank you guys for listening and joining in. This was cool that you got to talk to some fans, too. I kind of like this. Yeah, I like talking to the fans. All right, guys. Thank you. Make sure you follow me and subscribe. I'm going to podcast up in like a half hour. I'm just going to upload it cool. to you so people can listen to it, too. So thanks so much, guys. Bye.